Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Hello and welcome to the FitPro podcast today. My name is Jane Waller and I'm a director of FitPro. And today I have the privilege of being with movement specialist John Polly. Um, I'm going to take a couple of minutes and let John introduce himself. Um, and then I have some questions about integrating play into your training sessions. So, John, who is John Polly? Um, thanks, Jane. I um, thank you for being uh, uh, in front of me right now and and interviewing me for the FitPro podcast because I'm loving uh, doing podcasts at the moment, and uh, it's always a privilege to be asked. So my background is um, I actually changed career at 35, and I went off to a, a conference in the UK, and there was all these amazing people there: Michelle Dalcourt and Ian O'Dwyer and Bobby Capuccio and they were such an inspiration to me in my early kind of stages of my career that they just took me down this area that I didn't even know existed in, in fitness, which, which was just integrated movement, play, um, actually being able to coach people from where they were at that point in their lives, all those kind of different concepts. So when I set up in Australia, that's what I took forward into my practice. I was lucky enough to then be mentored by you know, Dwyer and mentored by Michelle Dalcourt for a few years. So they really kind of helped formulate um, who I was and then and what I did. But it was the reason it kind of resonated was because it was authentic to who I was too. So I'm now a specialist in, in uh, more movement therapy, movement coaching. So helping people actually move better than, than when they walk through my door. And now really it's got to that point where I'm speaking with people who are, you know, in pain or dysfunctional. Uh, because of the area that I occupy, i.e. this kind of myofascial approach to movement uh, and indeed wellness, uh, I've, I've now been lucky enough to become a speaker at all the major conferences across uh, Australia and New Zealand. Um, I've also developed a movement mentorship, which I call the Next Level, Next Level 1 and Next Level 2. Um, and we're actually able to now pass on um, all these nuggets and, and a whole movement system to populations across Australia and New Zealand, which I'm, I'm just enjoying so much now. That's great. Um, now, I have known you for quite some time, and I know you're absolutely passionate about movement and the whole person approach to coaching. So my first question is, why would we want to introduce play into our training sessions? <laughs> That's a good question, Jane. Um, I, I guess my almost like my immediate answer would be why wouldn't we? But that's because I know what I know about it. First of all, I, I would just say life's quite serious. So any respite that we can get from that, it would just be fantastic in terms of our ability to kind of deal with the everyday demands of life. Also, life is quite structured as well. So, you know, we, we have certain routines that, you know, whether they're good or bad, they are routines and they can become um, set, not necessarily boring, but, but certainly um, occasionally monotonous. Uh, I know the school run does, uh, does get to me every now and again. So it's kind of nice to have something that's less structured uh, because, you know, I'll talk about the six human needs later on, but 
you know, just this idea of having certainty and uncertainty in our life is that one of our basic um, needs for us uh, as humans. Then what most playful activities introduce is this mind, body, emotion um, connection as well. So we're actually engaging as human beings, not just as, as, as physical bodies as well. And there are, there are ways that our tissues lay down in our body, which is also very useful when it comes to play from a three-dimensional perspective. So you've got all these kind of elements to, to play, which, which bring um, an ability to achieve the same results in a different way. Um, as life is rather a serious business, uh, would you say that play is a useful distraction from the serious business of training, or is it more than that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think first of all, the serious business of training comment is worth some attention. So, so in our in our profession, we have become in in a lot of areas a little precious about what we do. So it actually makes us come across as everything has to be super serious. We have to be, everything has to be backed by science. We have to do things in a certain way, formulaic way, and, and we have to be seen as experts. So all of those things don't necessarily come with um, fun and laughter um, as their foundation. But for me, if uh, if we use play intelligently, it is an amazing tool for any sort of fitness professional because when you use it for an outcome, you can have a strength outcome, a power outcome, a balance outcome, metabolic conditioning. It can be aerobic or anaerobic. It can create mobility. You've got all these kind of vector variability, a brain-body connection. You can use it for skill development. You can use it as a warm-up or for high intensity or for recovery. And it, we can tailor it to any fitness level. Um, so for me, you know, <laughs> I have a kind of a phrase when I when I say it's it's not the thing to distract you from the thing; it's the thing. Yeah, that makes <laughs> complete sense. So, what are the the main benefits of play then, from a physical perspective? So, so physically, uh, I have this kind of concept that, or this term that I like to use of of relaxed intensity. So, in, in other words. You can you can actually play quite hard, but it not seem that way because you're you're going about it in a kind of a light-hearted way. So, so in other words, we can get more from our bodies as a result of that state of positivity and relaxation. So, if you if you look at a hundred meter runners on the start line, all they're trying to do is they're just kicking their feet and shifting from foot to foot and weight and you know just swinging their arms a little bit. All they're trying to do is get as relaxed as they possibly can be because they know that if they can remain in a relaxed state, their bodies will achieve their highest potential because the moment we start clamping down and getting a little bit serious and, and, and tight, what happens is we perform less well. So first of all, there's that kind of concept. We can be um, have this relaxed intensity about it. Now... The body is a tensegrity system, so in other words, we are a system of elastic bands, all kind of in balance. Those bands work really, really well when they are lengthened, not when they are shortened. Play tends to be one of those um, things. Play, sport, and life in general. Our tissues tend to lengthen under tension, and that's what happens. It's three-dimensional. The tissues of our body are three-dimensional, and body-wide, we tend to play with our whole bodies. So we get a myofascial efficiency, myo being muscle, fascial being connective tissue, we get a myofascial efficiency. 
there's something called Davis's law out there. Tissue lays down along the lines of force. Well, if our force profile is only straight up and down all over and over and over and over, we are less healthy as, as physical bodies. Then there's a neural conditioning aspect to it. Um, I'm probably going to go on and on and on. But, but yeah, so there's neural conditioning. So in other words, you've got this, uh, this efficiency of neural pathways that are being developed that aren't um, formulaic and overly structured and repetitive. So again, we, um, it will have this knock-on effect of actually, if you went on to mentor, it would actually create a more uh, creative mind as well. And then there's this ability of um, improving range of motion. It's self-selected. People won't do more than they can actually do because their bodies have this unconscious ability to, um, to qualify what types of movements we're doing so that we don't actually overdo it. So from that point of view, there are a huge range of physical benefits and we can actually target those benefits dependent upon what the goal is for that client. Yeah, it makes complete sense. But there's got to be more than physical benefits alone, I'm sure. There are a huge number of physical benefits too. So, uh, sorry, um, other benefits to, to that, not just physical. So we've got mental and emotional benefits, of course. Now, there are some really cool stats out there. There's a, there's a, a doctor in the States called um, Dr. Karen Purvis, Doctor of Psychology. The, um, now, she has stated that in order for a synapse to form, so for us to learn something and it be what they call true learning, it takes about 400 repetitions to, uh, uh, to be performed for us to create true learning, a, a, a new synapse. But when learnt through play, 12, 12 repetitions. Wow. 12 and 400, I, I'm not that bright, but I know they're very different numbers, right? So, um, so from that point of view, our ability to learn is radically enhanced by play. And you think, well, why would that be? So from my perspective, Play is a sensory rich, you know, it, you actually connect with through play, not just on a physical level, but it is multi-sensory. There's touch, there's sight, there's sound, there's, you know, hopefully not too much taste, but yeah. there's, there's yeah. some smells about it too. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And then you've got um, the connection aspect. So then you've got these hormonal releases. So you are connecting with other human beings. So then there's your oxytocin release. Oxytocin um, and dopamine, which is another feel-good, um, I can almost call it a drug there. It's a natural drug. It's a human drug called a hormone. Um, so they both perform these tasks. Yes, they do make us more relaxed. They actually do have anti-stress capability. But things like dopamine, for example, will turn on the learning centers of your brain. So you can actually play yourself smarter. You have a more creative brain and you have a, a brain that's more capable of decision-making as a result of play. So the different parts of the brain that light up when you play um, create um, different elements to brain activity and creativity and decision-making. Uh, quite often it will involve laughter. Mm -hmm. So yeah. laughter has this awesome kind of opiate release, which then creates a nitrous oxide, which creates a vasodilation. So in other words, you know, if you want to lower your blood pressure, you can laugh, but you can laugh through activity, you can laugh through obviously comedy as well, but they have this ability to reverse the stress response. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, now, I am sure you have a lot more to say about this topic, so I'm going to just hand it over to you to share any sort of final thoughts you might have. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of play. I mean, I've, I've, I've lectured on in, in different conferences and I've also even done a, an entire day called the Day of Play and, 
in New Zealand last year. So there's, there are so many concepts that I love to weave into things. But there's, there's one thing I would just say is that there's a, there's a saying where they say, if you're living in the past, you're depressed. If you live in the future, you're anxious. But if you're living in the, pres- in the present, um, you are happy. So one of the things that play does, and one of the things that I love when people walk through the door is if you can play a game with them, they are with you there and then, mm-hmm. and yeah. nothing else is in their head. They're not thinking of Facebook lights, and they're not thinking of dinner, and they're not thinking of the awful day they've just had. All they want to do is catch that ball or, you know, chase something around or whatever it might be that they're doing, they are in that moment. So when I got to thinking about that, about how it brought us into the present, um, you can get lost in play as well. So there's this concept of um, flow. Mm -hmm. So when people are in flow state, it's meant to be the state at which they perform their absolute best. And then there's there's seven um, characteristics of flow state, and you can look them up. Um, and play will hit all seven of those characteristics of flow state. You know, you do get lost in it. Your ego goes to one side. You are fully engaged. You lose track of time. Now, if we can operate more in flow state in terms of our human potential as well as our ability to to handle stress, both of those are in the positive. Mm-hmm. So play, uh, for me, would be the ultimate expression of flow state. Yes, we can get to it when we're writing or reading or you know all sorts of different ways, playing sport. You then tap into something like Tony Robbins' Six Human Needs. So those being certainty, uncertainty, significance, um, connection or love, uh, growth and contribution. Now, Tony Robbins will say, okay then, wherever he travels anywhere in the world, people would have those basic six human needs and you can meet them in lots of different ways, positive, negative or neutral. But if something was to fulfill three of the six human needs, you can become addicted to that thing. So if it were fulfilled on a, in, a, in, a, in a nasty way, violence, for example, would be, you know, that would have a certain amount of certainty to it and uncertainty in terms of, you know, someone holds a gun to yeah. your head, they're feeling very certain. Yeah. But it's a very uncertain situation. Yeah. Anything can happen. They're significant. Yeah. And they are very connected to you at that point in time. Yeah. So there's four that yeah. are fulfilled by violence. So um, play, it has certainty to it in the sense that there are certain rules to the game. Yeah. But it has a huge amount of uncertainty yeah. to mm-hmm. it as well. You become far more connected to mm-hmm. the, the human being or other human beings that, that you are with. So you've got this sense of um, uh, connection as well. And you're significant because you are playing a part in the game. You are getting some growth because in terms of, of that is taking you forward in some way, whether it be mental, emotional, or physical, as, as discussed before. And if it's something like sport, if it's a sporting endeavor, I think this is why sport is so popular, you get this contribution aspect to it as well. You are contributing yeah. to the team, yeah. to, the, to the performance, to the overall kind of drive behind it. So play is something that will fulfill at least four of the six human needs yeah. when performed. Yeah. It can put you in flow state, so you can then perform at your highest point that you are currently capable of. But it is self-selected, so you, you can't overdo it. It's yeah. very rare that people get injured when they're playing. That's true, yeah. You know? So from that point of view, we've got this element of, okay, then it fulfills our needs. It puts us in an amazing kind of state of being, as it were. But then you've got all these other physical, mental, emotional, hormonal benefits, yeah. stress-reducing reduc- benefits, on top of all of that. It's yeah. just, I, I, I just 
for me, I don't understand why it's not the central focus around an exercise experience and then we add all the other stuff around the outside. John, makes complete sense and I'm sure our listeners are going to go away and do something about that. Thank you very much for your time today and I hope we speak to you again soon. Pleasure. For more information about FitPro Education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy today's podcast and see you next time.